the leprosy kind of death was a long, torturous, and lonely departure from this world. You usually had it 20 or 25 years, and it was just a terrible, humiliating process until it finally took your life. Now, now keep that in mind. These 10 men had that. They had that. Now, verses 12 to 13 give us what sounds like an eyewitness account. I'm sure Luke saw this. It says, as he entered a village, that is Jesus, he was met by 10 lepers. He really encountered a leper colony who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. As Jesus enters the village, these men are standing afar off because they can't get in there and mingle with the people. And they're crying out to him for mercy. And there's no doubt that they had heard rumors floating around about this guy named Jesus who was going around literally cleansing and healing lepers. And they thought, it's got to be too good to be true. Uh, but, but what can we do? There's no cars. There's no, we can't go travel on, on the normal road or highways because of our ostracism. So we're, we're kind of stuck here. But Jesus found them. Jesus went to them. And I think they were probably thinking, could it really be true? Can, can, can somebody really heal leprosy? One commentator writes this. There they stand, the most ragged choir in Israel, 10 lepers crying out to Jesus for mercy. No more pitiful sound ever came to our Lord's ears. Have mercy, have mercy, Lord, came the cry from lips that had seen too little mercy and too much condemnation. Now, Jesus then did something that might have first looked like he was shuffling them off to somebody else. As a matter of fact, if I'd been one of them, I would have thought to myself, well, he just shuffled me off to somebody else. Because Jesus says to them, go. Well, that's not what I want to hear from Jesus, go. But Jesus said, go and show yourselves to the priests. Now, that's odd. You know, I thought he was going to speak over me or touch me and pray and I'd be healed. But he told me to go, and nonetheless, to go to a priest, one of those carnal, spiritually dead priests. But here's the deal. Jesus fully intended to heal them, and, and this is critical in this story. He intended to do it in keeping with the demands of the law of Moses, because Leviticus 14 clearly states the priest must authenticate any genuine cure from leprosy if Jesus hadn't sent the lepers to the priest, no one would have ever believed the miracle had happened to them and they still would have been ostracized. So they had to be affirmed by the priests, according to Moses. The Bible says the lepers turned away and started in the direction of where the priest could be found. And the last part of verse 14 is one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible. Not very many words, but I love it because it tells us all about faith. Watch this. It says, as they went... They were healed. As they went, they were healed. Can you say with me, as I go? In faith, in obedience to him, I get my breakthroughs. They were healed as they went, not before and not after. But as they were walking along, they were healed. That means this, when they left the presence of Jesus to go to the priest, they still had the leprosy all over them. Now, that would have discouraged me, and I think there probably was a level of discouragement at this point. 
and disappointment and disillusionment because they were told, he'll heal you. But when Jesus said, go, and they turned to go and got what, 10, 20, 30 yards from him, they still had the leprosy clinging to them. There it was. It's still there. And I think for a minute there, they were thinking, what was it all for? Why did I even bother? It didn't do me any good to pray because that's what they did. They prayed to Jesus, cleanse us, have mercy on us. It didn't do us any good to call out on him because, look, here we are. We, we went to him, and now we're leaving his presence, and we've still got this terminal leprosy. We've still got it. It's still on us. And, folks, I'm going to tell you, sometimes we as well don't see immediate results to our prayers Uh, But it's as we obey, I can't stress that enough, the answer comes. I want you to picture it. They take one step, they're still lepers. Two steps, nothing has happened. They take a third step, and the leprosy is still clinging to their skin. We don't know how far they went, but they took that final step. Ten of them, imagine the scene. Ten of them who had been given this This dire diagnosis, 10 of them, all right? And they're walking along, nothing has happened. Suddenly, whoosh, one looks at the other. One looks at his hand, his arms, his feet. He feels his face. He feels his head. He feels his ears, his nose, because it was always the extremities that were affected by leprosy. He feels them, and it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. I think one of them said to the other, hey, do you see anything? Do you see anything? Look at me. Because I don't feel anything. Hey, dude, it's gone. You're, you're healed. What about me? Oh, yeah, it's off of you too. And I think they inspected one another for a minute there. And, and, and I think that it was just an overwhelming moment. It had to be. Because they took that final step of obedience and they were healed. Instantly, miraculously, all 10 at once, baby skin where leprosy had been. I love that verse. He does all things well. This teaches us something really, really important about answered prayer. And I want you to say this with me. Our faith moves mountains. When our faith moves us. Our faith moves mountains when our faith first moves us. Okay? I've always contended faith moves your feet. Faith moves your mouth. Faith moves your thoughts. It was as they were going, no matter how they felt, disappointed or not, as they were going in the direction that Jesus told them to, that's when they were healed. Let me tell you something about walking with God in faith. Trusting God does not equal doing nothing. Well, I trust God, so I'm not going to do anything because I trust God. I don't have to do anything because I trust God. No, that's not right. Because James said, you say you have faith without moving. Now, he says works, but I'm going to fashion it for this message. You say you have faith without action, but I'll show you my faith by my action. Nowhere does the Bible teach passive faith. There is no such thing as passive Bible faith. It doesn't exist. If you pray for money, then don't sit in your living room waiting for God to cut a hole through the roof and drop money down into you. You've got to go out and look for a job so God can answer the prayer. 
If you pray, Lord, give me a spouse, but then you just sit at home night and day, don't expect Prince Charming or Cinderella to come knocking on your door. Listen, here's the deal. I've always said that God loves and blesses moving objects. Faith will cause you to step. You can dream all day long. Do you know how many dreams are in the graveyard of history? Because nobody put faith to their dreams and action to their vision. As they went, they were healed. Now, you know the rest of the story. Ten were healed, but only one came back to give thanks. Luke says this one man fell on his face before the Lord. He had what we would call a shouting session. And why not? He'd been healed of leprosy for 20 years. He was a leper living in the remote corner of town, separated from his family, forgotten by his friends, cut off from his own people. Suddenly the disease vanished, and with the vanishing disease went the halting limp, the crooked fingers, the atrophied muscles, and suddenly an incredible miracle happened to these men. In a moment's time, The disease was gone. With all of its ugly tentacles, it was pulled from his body, from their body, leaving not one trace behind. I believe he began to walk, and then I think he began to run, and then I think he leaped into the air. I I guarantee you, I would have. I'm not going to sit there and go, well, praise God, I've been healed. When I've been eaten up with leprosy for 20 years. Oh, no, no, I'm going to have a Holy Ghost fit. I don't know about you. Right? I'm going to have a Holy Ghost fit. But then I close with Jesus searching, probing question concerning the nine others. And that's where I'm going with this because really this is the punchline to the whole story. Then Jesus answered, weren't ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this Samaritan? And he said to the one that returned, rise and go your way. Your faith has saved you. If you listen carefully, you can hear surprise in Jesus' voice and shock in Jesus' voice. And most of all, I believe you can hear sadness in Jesus' voice. Where are the nine? Their lives have been transformed. Only one came back to say, thank you. This whole story pictures life as it really is. First, you've got a picture of the abundant grace of God. Ten lepers healed at the same time by one word from Jesus. It's a vast miracle propelled by mercy and grace. Second, it's a picture of grievous but all too typical ingratitude. It gives us really a look at the percentages regarding the human race. Nine out of ten people are probably going to forget every blessing they've ever received. They're not going to say thank you. I've often said there ought to be a thank you counter at Walmart instead of a complaint counter. Why isn't there a thank you counter instead of a, or at least alongside a complaint counter? Why isn't there a thank you counter? Why isn't there a thank you counter? You know why? Because that employee would be bored. Because we like to go complain. This didn't work. That didn't work. It's not what I thought. I want my money back. But listen, people are this way, but we're not going to be that way. Third, it's a picture of what a grateful heart looks like, this man. 
This healed man fell on his knees, bowed to Jesus. His thanksgiving was exuberant. It was passionate. It was heartfelt. And it was done publicly. Everybody saw him do this. And it led, watch this, this is a great closing. It led to an even greater miracle. Because all ten were healed. That's one miracle. But this Samaritan who turned around and went back to Jesus and gave thanks, he received two miracles. You say, what, Jeff? I only read about one. Read closely. Because when, it said, when Jesus said, your faith has saved you, it's the Greek word sozo, which is salvation. See, this man was first healed physically, then the leprosy of sin was healed in his heart. Because he went back, he got two miracles. And I'm going to tell you, the second one was greater than the first one. The second one was better. The second one, man, the leprosy of sin that was going to take him to hell was washed away. Jesus, thy faith has sozo, saved you. So he walked away saved. Look what the nine missed. Oh, yeah, their death was put off, but they died one day. And when they died, just because Jesus healed them doesn't mean they went to heaven. They should have gone back and said, thank you, Lord. And they would have discovered the Lord and the Savior and not just the healer. So I close with two thoughts. One, may we never be added to the company of the nine. That's a sad company. Receiving God's blessings and then walking away with the attitude, you know what, I'll take it from here. I got what I wanted. Second, if we thank him as a way of life, we will become the recipients of blessings the nine will never know. If you're a thanker. So thank God all the time. And let's just stand together right now, can we?